This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. And she comes out and she pulls off a mask. I'm not kidding. She looks at me and she says, How do you deal with fear? How do you deal with fear? How are you dealing with this? And she looks at me and she says, You have peace and I need that peace. And then she looks at me and says, What's the word in Sanskrit for peace? And I'm like, and just then, we've been praying, you know, that I would speak in tongues. And I was like, now is when, Lord, I would need it. And guess what? I was like, I, the, the, word, the word in Sanskrit is, is Shanti. And actually, just like in Hebrew, the Sanskrit word too has a picture. The picture of Shanti, of peace, is muddy waters that's stilled. It's still muddy, but you can still see very clearly. And I told her that. And I, said, I said, in Hebrew, it's Shalom. And I told you a couple of weeks ago, Shalom is everything you need for you to be made complete. And I said, you would never find that anywhere in the world until you've come to your Creator. And she looks at me, and she knows I'm a believer, she knows I'm a, I'm a pastor, she knows that I planted a church. And she says, that is crazy. She says, I need that peace. And so we finish, we go in, and she leaves, and she's like, thank you so much, you brightened your day. And the whole time in my flesh, I'm like, man, I should, have, I should have preached to her, right? I should be like, and you should put your faith on the Lord, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, thou and thine household, and be baptized. <laughs> but listen to me. That was the flesh that was accusing me saying you didn't preach the gospel dude and then the Holy Spirit is telling me you fool you've been coming here for 8 years and could it be possible that I've given you cars and motorcycles so you can come here and start building a relationship with them because the fruit is not ripe don't bruise it because as soon as I said the name of Jesus she's going to assume something else completely different about who I am and she was like right now she's seeing the peace of God which the world really needs right now and if you would listen to me you wouldn't bruise the fruit but who knows maybe in 2 years she'll be worshipping with us over here and I know I want to preach the full gospel. I want to preach the full gospel, but I don't want to go just regurgitate words that I've memorized in a booklet and say I'm doing the evangelist's work when I'm not really listening to the Holy Spirit. And so, and I know multiple times, she knows that I worship Jesus. She knows that I've invited her to church. She knows that she's like, what kind of a pastor are you? Are you Mormon? I'm like, no, I have five kids, but I'm not. Right? <laughs> I'm like, no, man, I preach the Bible. Jesus, know the way to salvation but him. So she, she has heard that before. But in that situation, it was this. And then the next day, I'm meeting George for breakfast, right? And um, I was supposed to meet him at 8.30. I go there at 9.15. I'm an Indian, forgive me. No, I'm an American now. I can't use it as an excuse, but no. <laughs> but I had, this, I had this crazy dream that I couldn't shake away. And I had to keep praying because God was really trying to download something and there was adversities, oppositions, crazy, crazy stuff going that morning. And I told my wife, I was like, man, this is crazy. I believe that God's going to do something. And I've got this picture in my head and, and I go and then this waitress comes up to me and she's got this tattoo on her arm and boom, it was, I was like, that, that's it. And I'm not kidding, George is my witness. I start asking her, do you like music? And she turns random and she says, how are you guys dealing with fear? How are you guys dealing with fear? What's, 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 your, what's your view on this? Just looking at George, looking at me. How are you guys dealing with fear? And so we got to talk about God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And she talks about her story, how she got kicked out of church because people said that she had the Jezebel spirit and threw her out of church because she was going through a divorce or something like that. And, and she was like, I wanted to kill myself, wanted to get drunk, and, and God saved me because I got a DUI. And, um, and right, so we prayed with her shared the gospel she downloads the church app she's like I'm going to listen to it now, her name is Dina keep praying for her it'll be great to see God move but what I'm saying is Satan would love to bring things that will distract you and the Holy Spirit wants to build courage in you and wants to speak to you and wants to open opportunities if you're willing to let God use your sufferings your adversities your sleepless nights to speak to you and to nudge you and to point you into people that really need hope that need life we're living in a world that's suffering right now. 
We're living in a world that does not know what to do with the fear and the lies. Coming elections, you know it's going to be chaos. Oh, you know that. And people are going to look at us Christians and wonder, how are you guys keeping your peace? Is it because you're voting for someone? Is it because of your political beliefs? And we need to let them know it's not because of that, it's because of our hope in Jesus Christ and no one else. Your suffering can build courage in others to preach the gospel. Not only to bring them to Jesus, but to make them disciple makers. Number four. I know, you guys aren't used to this. You're used to like three and then we stop. I'll go through this really fast, okay? Your suffering will show you those who are partners with you. Your suffering will show you those who are partners with you. On the flip side, it will also show you those who have the wrong motives. Okay, maybe you're sitting here and you've been burnt and hurt by people who were partnering with you who had the wrong motives and your suffering will give you discernment to be able to see who really is partnering with you, sharing in your same destiny and who's partnering with you because they want you to participate in their past history. You remember I preached that last week? Partner with those who share your same destiny, not with those who share your same destiny. Your suffering, you need to thank God for it because it's, it's what God used to bring you discernment to be able to see what truly is in the heart of those that say that they are partners with you. This is a verse that took me a while to try to understand and as I began spending time with this, it really weighed very heavy on me. So part of this point, I want to encourage some of you who've lost people who've been near and dear to you, who are partners with you, and part of it is a warning for some of you to knock it off, okay, because I love you. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy, that's jealousy, and rivalry, which is competition, but others from goodwill, Paul says. So, how does someone preach the gospel out of jealousy? We understand competition, right? We understand people preaching the gospel out of competition. I mean, we have young pastors that are like, I want to have the biggest church in the valley. I mean, I saw in church, stupid, stupid sign on a church. I was like, what are you guys doing? Voted number one worship team in the valley. I was like, what am I, who, what, why? What? what? Like, what is your problem? Come on, man. Like, gosh. Like, who are you trying to praise over here? You know, some people preach the gospel out of jealousy, he says, and some out of competition, rivalry. I understand competition, but how can someone preach the gospel out of jealousy? You see, some people, they try to get a following to follow them. There are some pastors, sadly, some evangelists, some Christian leaders who want people to follow them. Paul was not like that. Paul wanted people to follow who? Jesus. And that's why it says over here, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. He who plants and he who waters are one in purpose. They're sharing the same destiny, are one in purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. See, oftentimes when we go about, you want to respond to the... You ask God to use your suffering to advance the gospel but oftentimes we stop because we start comparing and start looking at who's doing more and who's getting more fruit whose church is bigger how many people are being saved over here whose life group is getting bigger and how many people are being baptized in that life group how many people is that person bringing to church how many people am I not bringing to church and Paul's like dude we're not calling people to follow us we're calling people to follow Jesus that's why he says um, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquent speech or wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was among you except Christ and Him crucified. But we know that not everyone preaches for the same reason. Right? We know that people are preaching for them 
to be magnified, for them to be glorified, for people to be like, oh, that guy is a great pastor. Oh, that guy is an amazing worship leader. Did you hear what that guy said? That, those jokes were so funny. Some people won't just preach just to you know, elevate their name. Some people preach to bring division in the church. Some people preach to slander others. Some people preach to preach a false gospel. And Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, even if an angel of light comes and preaches to you a gospel contrary to what we preach, let him be accursed. It's a danger. There are people who preach the gospel for all the wrong reasons. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 8. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation because I think it, it's worded better. It says, and some people even slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Now, the past few weeks, I've been preaching about failure. I've been preaching about God is bigger than your failures. I've been saying that your, your uh, sufferings, your predicaments does not you know, predict your destiny. I said that last week. And sadly, I've heard that that being twisted of saying that Joel is saying that you can go on sinning, that grace may abound. No, every single week we're preaching repentance. Every single week we're like, turn to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Now, if you've been failing, listen, your failures do not have to make you who you are. Jesus will make you who you are. Okay, we're not preaching, and Paul is saying, listen, man, some people are going around saying that the more we sin, the better it is for us. And, and if that's you, you've got to be warned that those who say such things deserve to be condemned. And look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. He says, we work wearily with our own hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet, we are treated like the world's garbage, like everybody's trash right up to the present moment. In, in, in other versions it says, we're treated like the scum of the earth. I feel the pain. I feel the pain. People don't understand how much those who go share the gospel bear and carry. They don't understand how hard it is for a pastor sometimes to get up and preach when he's been kicked down all week long. This is a very personal story to me because I know of a girl, part of my family, who committed suicide because of the way the church treated her dad, who was a pastor. While he was preaching, she killed herself. And a suicide note, she wrote a bunch of different things, and one of the things she highlighted was, if only the church leadership will back off on my dad and know that he's doing what God has called him to do. One guy, not too long ago, had to apologize to me because he said, I am so sorry, I did not know how I was breaking your arm and then putting you in front and saying, bat, bat, swing the bat, why aren't you swinging? Why aren't you swinging the bat when I've broken your arm? Because I've been talking about you. Because Listen, man, I'm talking to disciple makers over here. And if that can happen to Paul, if that can happen to people in India, where there's only 2% of Christianity and yet they bicker and beat each other up, it'll happen to you. And when that happens to you, don't take your hand off the gospel plot, please. No. Jesus suffered too. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Your suffering... God will use it to advance the gospel. And your suffering will show those who are around you. It'll, God will give you discernment to know who is with you and who is against you. Who is with you when times are good and then when times are bad, who deserts you and runs away. When su suffering is what will elevate that. Paul continues to say, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel, the former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. This is so crazy. This is so crazy. They're not preaching to glorify Jesus. They're preaching to make Paul's life hard. Isn't that crazy? Why would people do that? 
because we're sinful man and they need grace too but praise God that no matter how hard things get no matter how much you slide it, no matter how much passes are torn down I just heard a, a, a word just now before I came up to preach that as we were worshipping as the sound goes up to heaven God is raining down his blessings on this country and around this valley and around this nation there are churches that are worshipping God and pastors are getting up and preaching the word of God even though they've been throwing rocks at them and the gospel will not be hindered no matter what man says about preachers no matter what man says about the people of God no matter what man says about the evangelists that are faithfully serving God no matter the accusations that are brought against them the word of God is not going to be hindered and God will give us the discernment to open our eyes and to see what's going on God will open our hearts to be able to receive from him and then to give what he's giving us but the word of God will not be hindered there might be times when you're in bed and you cannot move and there might be times when you want to just go and trash someone for talking bad about you but the word of God will not be hindered that's the fifth thing your suffering does not hinder the proclamation of the gospel this is so beautiful this is so beautiful verse 18 Paul says what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Listen to me. This is how it happens in today's day and age, okay? People will call you and say, I'm just calling to see how you're doing. I've been praying for you. This is the verse that God's been talking to me. Oh, by the way, did you hear about... Did you, did you, did you, did you hear about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. We need to keep praying for that person. It's so crazy. Oh, yeah, and, and this is what I heard too. Oh, really? You heard that? Interesting. They're not calling you to encourage you, to build you up. They call into slander. They call into gossip. And that, the Bible says, is not from God. That's from the enemy. And sadly, many times church believers, people who are bought for saints of God, will hear one side of the story and make an assumption, and many of them leave the church. Many of them end up leaving the faith, which sucks. And Paul is saying, this is crazy, and I'm praying that God will give me this heart, that what then, only in every way, but then pretense on truth, Christ's glory is saying is those people that call you, I know the end result is to gossip and to slander, but praise God that in some way, shape, or form, they start off by saying, I've been praying for you. This is the verse that God's talking to me about. And God is so sovereign, he's able to use what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Because it's so crazy that sometimes people can call to talk bad. This true story, it's happened multiple times, multiple times because I'm a crazy, weird guy. People from outside the Treasure Valley, people across the country that email us sometimes and be like, I've been watching this. It's so crazy. It's so great how God's using you guys. I can't wait to come see you in person. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.